we have anticipated Colin finally getting to the end of AJ and the Queen. Uh, we are here to talk about this series and the, you know, the back half of things. I believe that the series certainly improved as it went on. The, some of the strongest episodes being towards the end. There are a lot of references to the comeback that I really appreciated. But uh, we are here to talk about AJ and the Queen. So, Colin, what are your thoughts now that you have seen it all? I uh, I agree. I think that the show. I mean, the last we kind of talked about it. I guess on the the, the RuPaul recap, uh, mm-hmm. we talked about some of the middle episodes, and so uh, and I definitely agree that beyond the first three, it definitely improves once once you get to four and five, and uh, I would say by like Jackson, I was pretty on board mm. and was like, okay, all right, I'm here, and uh, I think a big part of that was that. Looking back at the 10 episodes, I'd say Latrice Royale was maybe the best guest star they had. Um, I thought she was, like, such a good actor. I just couldn't believe she was that good. I expect I was remembering when she was doing the, like, Sex in the City spoof from, like, mm. All Stars 4 or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. And... Uh, worried that I was going to get more of the same. And so that was a that was a pleasant surprise to say nothing of Jane Krakowski, Mary Kay Place. You know, I feel like there was they had some nice, you know, ace cards towards towards later in the season of um pleasant surprises. Agreed. I thought Latrice shines. I I went back and I watched some of All-Stars 4 a couple, maybe maybe it was last night and Latrice is it's cringeworthy uh, when she not even when she's acting, but when she's acting like a reality star. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, my expectations were low for Latrice and she was so good. It was very comfortable. It didn't feel like she was reading. She was yeah. one, of, one of the strongest in the entire series. I also I think it's worth I mean, I don't know. I Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but. I loved Trinity Taylor as well. I thought she I mean, played that role really well. She would be a great like recurring villain. She could have the Tia Carrere role, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she was. I really enjoyed her. I loved that she was such a like Danielle Dupree. Like I really appreciated. <laughs> like I kind of felt like this is someone that Trinity knows backwards and forwards. Mm, you know. Totally. So I love that. Yeah. Uh, it was. Yeah. I. I think. Um. Certainly, the narratively, I was more intrigued as the season went on. I think it got a little less monotonous of like, you know, let's go and why are you dressing like a boy and <laughs> it's on the floor, you know. But I will say that like you didn't lie, the acting choices from Izzy G uh, do not uh, do no. not vary greatly. You just kind of get used to it, right? Right. It's it's all very much the same. There are some cringy moments in the voiceovers from Izzy G. Uh. And you know what? I don't know if it's just because she's a child actor or if it's the dialogue, but the one... What did I text you today? Uh, it was... Every now uh, and then. Oh, yeah, no. The way that she says it, she goes... Uh, uh, oh, wait, no, no. It wasn't every now and then, was it? I thought it was because uh, from the last episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. The last episode, yeah. she goes, every now and then. And I'm yep. just like, ugh. <laughs> and, and then she does the Ru, the the Ru, the Robert impression. Excuse yes. me, the Robert impression, the, uh, the Ruby impression. <laughs> 
What is yeah, it? Rupert Valerie probably. isn't Mallory. Actually, they're yeah, not the right. same. <laughs> oh no, no, that's, you're the that's... drag queen, Rue. You're the gra- you're the drag queen. Oh no, I would you're never the wear that dress. <laughs> I would never wear that dress. Well, you're yeah. not Robbie Robert, are <laughs> right. you? Oh right, no, I'm not. Oh, I'm not. Right, I'm not. No. right. No, yeah. Ruby has bad taste. I don't have bad taste. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Ruby just does the red wigs. and Yeah, and Ruby is know. red hot, Mary. <laughs> yeah, because when you've been read by Ruby, there's you're red, and then Ru- Ruby reading you because you red, girl. Something like that. Uh, but anyway, I, I don't know. I don't want to you know tear down Izzy G. I thought she looked adorable and there were moments that I was like okay wow she figured out how to read that line you know like she figured out how to do it I thought the rapport with her and Robert even though they probably filmed this all out of order uh, it it, you know credit to her as a little actress it got it it was more potent right their rapport I, I saw it I saw the love more as the series went on uh, mm. And I think that's a credit to the actors. And I, but yeah, the the storylines, like when she was like befriending that little boy, or whenever she befriended the little boys, whenever the she dog, befriended anybody, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Jane Krakowski's son, yeah, that one, like that I, one. like I think my big cringe is her like holding the coffee cup with two hands, going, yeah, he just started on a new on a new medication, so I think I'm gonna hang around here. I'm like, fuck you, Ugh. <laughs> no, stop it. And it's not even her fault. It's the script. It's, not her it's fault. like that's yeah, such a script. bad line. Yeah. Like I think that's my problem is uh, is not like her acting. Sometimes yeah, there's limited choices, but uh, there's some. It's so unbearable when scripts write dialogue for children that's that sounds nothing like what a child would say, and because they don't know how to convey the information any other way, it's it's just like a little uncreative. Yeah, I agree. It's it's. It's certainly a weakness of the entire series. The mm-hmm. one strength, I think, in Izzy G's, the writing for Izzy G and her acting is all of the flashbacks. I thought she mm-hmm. did really well in all the flashbacks with the beautiful hair and the mother, who I also loved. I, I loved the mother. I thought the mother was very strong. She, yeah, she, she evolved as well later in the, se- in the season and was like, okay. Like the scene with her and Lewis, you know, a couple of their scenes. I was like, okay, this is... I'm into this. I mean, I, I like this yelling. I'm I mean, Mary, we we wouldn't be all right, Mary, if we didn't no. recognize that she screams, I am her mother! <laughs> to which Lewis replied, bitch, I'm blind! Uh, <laughs> because he had not mentioned it in at least two minutes. And so, you're right. That went on the whole series. But no, God. she indeed had an I am your mother. I'm going to add that to the mix. Yeah, um, add that to the mega mix. I Yeah, yeah I liked her. I, um... I didn't love her when she was interacting with Lewis, obviously, but um, I yeah. I liked her when she was, you know, that moment when she went to was it was it the bank? Where I think was when she, she when she went to get the cell phone when she was that's like what the, it was. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, the cell phone scene. I there were some great choices that she was making, mm-hmm. um, so I appreciated that. I I will say the the last scene of of the series uh i have a lot to say about but one thing one one iconic thing is just her getting out of that police car and from the 80s it looked like and her yelling (sighs) amber jasmine and 
and doing that doing that holding your purse running thing you know holding the backpack run yes Which you know yeah yeah i know exactly what you're talking about you're late for the bus yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) right from the bus like the sweater falling down the shoulder it's it's like i I, it's so it is so from the 80s i so it's so a move like a a scene from the 80s is some woman holding a holding a backpack or a bag of some sort and sideways running slow motion amber jasmine amber like perfect timing Oh, I see her up ahead. She's being embraced by that red blob. Like, I are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Like, perfect timing. Oh, there they are. <laughs> like, I definitely struggled with the the perfect timing of the ending, but I and I struggled with the music being a little too big. But the final shot of Rue. Oh, oh, uh, that was so good. That was uh, so good. Worth like, all my money. Like worth so all of it. Great. It was. So she was great. And she was acting. It was yes. so good. I will give them that. That final shot. I was like, this is a couple of gay men going. Oh my god! <laughs> I, here's what we're gonna do. And I love it. And I love that. Uh, so okay, so I I just kind of break down the last scene. So sorry for the spoilers, Mary, but yeah, <laughs> just kind of break it down. There is RuPaul all of a sudden took on this gravitas. I don't know if the, what the note was from Michael Patrick King MPK, but mm. there was this uh, campy in a good way gravitas to some of the some of the dialogue and definitely like the faces and the acting and she was in Mm -hmm. that impeccable dress that uh, uh, just to make a comeback reference like was very valerie cherish leaving the emmys going into the hospital like yes all there and then you know just in this humdrum you know field and then she's in this gorgeous gown I was just like Mm -hmm. I I love all of this but so there's this one line that I think is the quintessential kind of gravitas that she adhered to but when she's saying goodbye to AJ because AJ's like don't come in I don't know if he's homophobic and then she's like well you know maybe one day I'll come back and put on Mm. a show for you right and it, it, Mm -hmm. it, it she she sinks into this I think it's a familiar tone. I don't think it's original, but it's a familiar tone that I think really worked here because AJ was just not having it. And I think I love that juxtaposition that AJ, you know, is in drag, right, herself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you have RuPaul who's in high drag, performing high drag. Yeah. It's a little it's it's somewhat reminiscent of and I I wonder if RuPaul was drawing this reference is um from Steel Magnolias, there's this great scene right before the funeral where Dolly Parton and her husband are talking and, you know, kind of, and he's kind of like, there's finally a sense of connection between them. And um, and so then he's like playing with some, it's like the hot wax for eyebrows. And he's like, he's like, what does this do? And then she has like tears in her eyes and she just says, it makes you pretty. And then that's the end of the scene. And uh, it's this, it's that scene. And I know that Rue is yes. doing something of that, of like, maybe I could come and perform for you. You know, like it's right. that like, it's the happy sad. It's the talking through tears, smiling mm-hmm. through tears kind of thing. And yeah. again, I am here for the references. Yes, absolutely. I have to say, I, I did love 
the final moment where they're hugging on the lawn or whatever that thing was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and you have RuPaul talking to her inner child, essentially. Mm. I mean, that's another way to look at this whole series is that it's RuPaul traveling with her inner child. And at the end, she's like, I want you. I want you. Mm. Don't worry, AJ. I want you. And I, that, it moved me, Mary. It did. Yeah, I agree. And I think that lends, that makes sense. And I think that's, you know, it, it's kind of like, they, they in that moment, they really sort of boil down. They boil it all down. It's just like this inner child needing to know that it's like cared for and, and right. wanted. And then as an adult, like eventually that becomes, you know, especially for RuPaul, like through the drag, learning how to like be strong enough for, the, for himself and to love himself. And thus love his inner child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, because it's RuPaul, I can't throw this off the table, but all of this at the end with the pop pop not being real, it's all mm-hmm. very Wizard of Oz. And I was like, oh my God, of course. They're on this journey to this nothingness, this meaninglessness. Mm. And all the lesson was, was actually who you needed all along was right here, right? It's it's your own love of yourself. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, and I think it's just, if you want to even tie that even closer, the fact that her name is Ruby Red. And Ruby Red Slippers. like. That's your way, you know, right? Like you've you've had it the whole time, Dorothy. You've had, the whole you know, every, time. The whole time. I mean, that's the supercut. You've had it the whole time. The whole time. And then and then it's her saying, "I gotta go. We need to go." And it's Dorothy going in reverse up the up the yellow brick road. And then RuPaul go. going. Go. And then RuPaul, go, RuPaul going. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> chunk chunk RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Gentlemen, start your engines. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so yeah. I, I, I really yeah. did love this this whole last montage where, you know, the, 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 the drama of her reaching into the backpack and seeing the Getty image and then putting on her murder, she da- sat down and she wrote oh, kind yes. of thing where she's like, wait a second. These are all stamps. These are just yeah. stamps. I'm like, ugh, murder she yeah, wrote it, is yeah, in here. Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, there's no, there's no post-it, no post-it stamps. And I was like, yes, yes. Angela Lansbury. Murder she sat down and she dug through the backpack and she found there were no stamps. Exactly. It was great. It was great. And, and I'll say Rue had a couple of like talking through tears on the phone later in the season mm. that I mm-hmm. not bad at all. Not bad. I, yeah, he, not bad, right? He I... really does love talking through tears and it shows. Mary, so let's kind of move a little bit backwards. I think we're just going to jump around so there's yeah, nothing linear. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to talk about the hospital episode because that was also very reminiscent of the comeback because she, we did see her in a red gown as you know Judy Garland drag um, mm-hmm. walking around the hospital when Lewis you know uh, faints or whatever passes out um, a stroke yeah and again another like oh what were you doing it's like I was at the Emmys or I was performing Judy Garland um, right right uh, but th- in that episode was constructed in a breathable way, right? So the 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 relationship between AJ and her mother in the hospital versus Lewis and RuPaul in the hospital and then the present 
kind of trauma that's also very fantastical. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just love how they tied that together in from a narrative storytelling point of view. I thought it was really important. We found out why AJ was named Amber Jasmine in that episode. We found out why Lewis was suddenly blind. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and we got some talking through tears. We got her singing, uh, uh, Have Yourself a Merry Christmas. Oh, and I mean, I appreciated the lip quivers. I appreciated yes. the attention to detail that Rue was working on, and it was great. Uh, I think this, as Lewis develops, we do definitely see like a Valerie Mickey relationship with mm. Robert and Lewis. And yes. I think there is, you know, when when Lewis tells him towards the end of the series, the season, like, uh, you know, come home and I'll take care of everything like I always do. And I'll, fi- you know, like I, uh, I'll, I'll be your kind of like safe space to land when you get back. Like, I think that was always Mickey for uh. Valerie. Yeah, red. I'm naked. Yeah. Red. I'm naked. <laughs> oh God, red. Red. I'm naked. <laughs> oh God, when she walks in the room and she thinks he's dead. Oh God, it's too late. <laughs> it's. It, you know, and that's what what kills me. And I know that. Lisa Kudrow not being evolved is a big part of it but like that they could have scenes that are so tight like that and so like pitch perfect there isn't a wasted second every moment is well constructed yes that's exactly right you know like there isn't a false beat in that scene you know and not a missed opportunity and I just it kills me but AJ and the Queen has so many missed beats that's true yes when they when they when they are, I mean, like, for example, like, it, it, perfect example, like, we just, this scene from the comeback from season two, and then there's the scene from the hospital when, when Rue, as the Jamaican nurse, opens up the curtain and sees the naked guy, oh, yeah. and it, it's just like, uh, yeah, yeah, here's, here's like the, here's like the great value version of that joke, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, great value, yeah, yeah, it, it was also, I mean, I thought her quip was funny, uh, but I do have to say her as that Jamaican nurse was comedy. And I think RuPaul oh. kind of at her height of comedy. Does that make Ru, sense? Ru could have played that character all day. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was really funny. It's it's so remarkable how like how much he transforms beyond just the makeup when he's in drag. I know. I the know. energy that comes out. It's it's really like to when you watch it's like there are certain scenes, like I, you know, particularly the Fort Worth scene, where obviously he gets to kind of have low key dramatic moments, but in drag. Yes. And and they work so much better. And I'm like, it can't just be the makeup. Like it can't just be the drag. Why doesn't it feel as? Why doesn't it have the same gravitas, for lack of a better word? Because uh, I think it's the same thing um, when he's out of drag. And, you know, ironically that that gravitas kicks in in the last episode when he's in full drag. Right. Right. I mean, the speech in the trailer to every. Well, yeah. Anytime that she's in drag, even the moment that she had with Jane Krakowski, it was kind of nice when he was out of drag talking to her. But it was better when he was reading her in drag. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think with this hospital scene, you know, it's you also see the difference because RuPaul doing that freak out of like, how come nobody's doing anything about this child was would have been better had she been in drag. I agree. I feel like it, it completely, it completely. Like, I think that she would have 
channeled something right i think deeper um that deeper. was happening yeah <laughs> i'm robert cuddy i'm ruby red <laughs> Deep ruby red. <laughs> That's an associate reference for anyone playing along at home. Uh, for the two people listening, you're like, oh yeah, is that from 1996? The associate. Well, yeah, yeah, sure, oh, yeah, sure, sure. sure yeah. <laughs> oh man, Diane Weist. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, I don't remember what I was saying, but I... Uh, oh, RuPaul yes. in drag, out of drag, RuPaul in, in drag. that hospital yeah. scene, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that, I guess, um, like, not to jump away, you know, to a bigger conversation, but, like, I'm okay with there being a season two, and if and when there is, I hope... I hope that RuPaul is able to channel whatever that is that comes out that he tells all the queens on his show. I know. You know, like, you got to take what you're doing in drag and apply it to other things. I hope that he really does that by season two completely yeah and i know you know he's you and i both know there was no technique right um so much technique i i'm just i i feel like there is something that he will tap into this is me being hopeful that he will tap into after seeing this Mm -hmm. in its in its totality i think that will help i hope he's not too concerned with how he looks I feel like that might have been something he was distracted by maybe while watching it, but I hope mm. not. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, not for nothing, uh, call me a queen if you want, but I could totally see season two being very much a losing Isaiah situation. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> now is Rue the Halle Berry? No, uh, no, no, no. Rue he's, is... He's the Jessica Lang. Yes, he's Jessica, Jessica Lange. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, even better. Oh, even better. <laughs> That movie, all I remember is the last 10 minutes is just a montage of Jessica Lange crying, Halle Berry crying, Jessica <laughs> Lange crying, Halle Berry crying. It's fabulous. Um, well, well, you know, I could totally see it because eventually, you know, uh, Amber Jasmine's mom is going to be like, what the fuck? You took my kid, you know, and mm-hmm. then Robert's going to be like, no, I want to adopt her. I want her. You know, and it's going to be this, right. uh, this fight. Uh, so we'll see because it. They're not going to change the name AJ and the Queen to the Queen and Lewis. You know what I mean? Like, right. So right. they're they're going to have to keep that AJ storyline. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I think it'll also be cooler to see more scenes between AJ's mom and RuPaul. Mm-hmm. I, think, I I don't know. I'm kind of I'm I'm excited by that opportunity. I think by the end of season two, Lewis's character really got to shine like he got the scene where you know he freaks out about the being cheated on and mm-hmm. he he got the unspeakable joy moment which i loved yeah i loved that i mean yeah absolutely i was happy to see that character evolve and and get to you know have a sort of best supporting actress moment mm-hmm. uh i will say on the note of unspeakable joy RuPaul slash Ruby's performance of it. I don't know why. Just 
every time those wings go up, I just I can't stop laughing. I just think it is so great. It's just it's just drag magic. It's yes. just when she, she's just she's so she she does that thing where the camera just does like this the close up of her face and her eyes. Oh, I love that. Like yes. Left to right, she's, and then they rise. I'm like, are you work? kidding me? Are you? And she's it's so great. Are you kidding me? Kidding are you kidding me? Kidding me? Kidding me? Kidding me? <laughs> it just every time, and that song is so good. It just it is it's so a. Good. I love that it's song. a great drag moment, and uh, you know, yeah, I will give the show that. That while there are obviously some uh, clunky elements, and that's the other thing too, is you know, season two, I just hope gets not just RuPaul. I hope in general there's a tightening of the writing and of the like editing of the show and the music. Like, yeah, the, they got you know? so many stars, so many older. Stars that need a little bit of a revival that I was so happy to see. I was also happy to see Lorraine Bracco. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was, I was like, okay, well, this, all right, I'll just go with this, <laughs> yeah, you know? Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that I, uh, will hope, hopefully season two, yeah, they're going to, they're going to learn. And season mm-hmm. two will be better than season one because it, it did get off to a little bit of a rough start, right? Yeah, but yeah. But again, and I'll say this because I know season four and five are, you know, better. But season six, the trailer park grease moment. You mean episode six? Uh, episode six, sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the grease moment I thought was fabulous. RuPaul as Sandy is everything I'm here for. The, mm-hmm. the, the gender bending of Danny and Sandy uh, with AJ and Brick, I thought was great. I love the moment in the trailer. I really did. Um, oh, with the, thought, yeah, when he visits the father. Yes, mm-hmm. I, I really did. As, as unrealistic as I think it was, they were getting the message across, which I think is really important. It's like, you can't just suppress this. Like, it's going to come out. And yeah, I, 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 I just I, loved it. And then he agree, comes out yeah. with a shotgun. It's just like, oh, girl, work. Yeah, the line where he was like, you know, he'll, he can suppress this and it'll be more bearable for you, but, it, you know, it won't be him. And it'll be mm. like, it, I thought that was like, oh, isn't that an interesting perspective of like, sure. And that'll make your life easier and his life miserable. If that's right. what you want, then great. <laughs> uh, and that episode, I, uh, once I saw that it was directed by Adam Shankman, I was like, okay, mm. that makes sense. Like that sense of different directors per episode, you do mm-hmm. start to feel that and different writers um i that being said yeah i i feel like um i feel like as the season went on the writing and the direction got tighter like i think the fort worth episode i appreciated how it told a smaller story and like tried to like was that jane krakowski jane krakowski yeah yeah like i think that it kind of gave us an opportunity. I mean, I think the stuff with like her son and, and AJ was a little clunky, but I thought the relationship between her and Robert was really interesting. And um, they didn't go the obvious route of like painting her as like, Oh, actually she's been a bitch all this time. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think mm-hmm. there was a lot of surprises in there where I thought this, if season two goes in this direction of like, let's just marinate in a story for an episode. Like, let's just, watch little human interactions for an episode and bring in some drag. I think that's where the show achieved like the emotions and like the pathos that it's going for. Um, Yeah. You know, they they brought, they brought the man. It was that episode was actually, 
it seems kind of unsung because it's not big like the others. They bring mm-hmm. drag into the living room and kind of show how problematic tokenism is, how problematic it is to like kind of use drag as a tool. And and also I love this commentary on like actually living room drag is not fun. The yeah. lighting is never good. And it's also it, we we saw the first drag performance where between Rue and Jane where like the audience was not living. And I thought right. that was so it was a nice it wasn't like so interesting, but it was so important I think to show that juxtaposition. It's like some people actually don't fucking get this. Yeah, and and that just and it's, I think that's very true is like just because you put on a song that's on a stereo across the room and the lighting is just whatever the living room lighting is. And there's a, there's a drag queen standing on a rug, you know, Mm. not in front of everybody, you know, not centrally placed. Like there's so many elements where the fantasy is not going to come together. You know, it's like sometimes when you see like Queens performing, like, I don't know, like a really big pride event. You're like, okay, it's a great performance, but like, I don't actually think you're singing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, the lip sync is in double quotes, you know, right. because it's so removed versus like a very like Sasha Valore performance, you know, where you're kind of watching sure. the lip quivers go with the song, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, so, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that it, that it just doesn't work. It just didn't work. And I loved seeing. Like, as it started, I was like, "This is this supposed to be working? Because this isn't working for me. And mm. the fact that they leaned into how much it wasn't, I thought that's where the show was getting interesting. Yeah, and just that tool that they used of, like, oh, RuPaul, it would be great. We'll pay you money. Oh, we'll give mm-hmm. you more money. Please just be a drag queen at this party. It's like it actually doesn't work that way. It's, yeah. It's, you know, it's like I kind of wanted to have a good time. You know, this is my friend. It's Right. It's not me that I'm, you know, I perform in drag, right? It's like there's mm-hmm. a whole aspect to this that you're not getting. And so I, I like that they had that episode. I also like that they had that episode very late in the series. Um, and they were also commenting on the fact that, yeah, this Jane Krakowski was in drag. She was putting on something mm-hmm. for the life for the life that she wanted. And I love that line that Robert says. He's like hey, it's fine that you want to put on drag. You just have to know that you're doing it. Right, right. Like, you're not being shamed for doing it. It's just like pretending like this is real is is not being honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think that, you know, th- what they were able to do was kind of have a, a lesson, a teachable moment, but avoid Robert slash Ruby being like the fairy godmother right. that floats into town, you know? And, right. and, and furthermore, like the show avoids the double stereotype of either the fairy godmother gay man or the sort of magical black character who comes in and like cleans up everybody's lives. You know, like Mm -hmm. I think it, I was surprised at how they sidestepped both of those in a plot that had, that was set up for that to have for both of those like boxes to be checked, you know? Right. Right. He went into the titty contest and it's not like he changed hearts and minds, you know, he didn't change hearts and minds with Brick's father, but he certainly was he just existed and brick was like yeah i'm going to wear this fucking dress cox gun right yeah. th- that was cool i also liked that the ladies in the trailer park just kind of resisted the mm-hmm. the, the the gay director right i, I kind of love that they're like hey actually we wanted to shine <laughs> 
Yeah, like when when it first when that episode first started playing out, and they were just so enamored of him, I was like, oh, I just feel like I've been down this road before. Mm-hmm. Like, I just this is like this is like in an episode of Sex in the City whenever like Stanford shows up. You know, it's just like oh, oh sure. God, <laughs> oh Stanford. I'm like, please. <laughs> Shut like, up, can, Charlotte. <laughs> shut up, Charlotte. For God's sake. Like, it's just, you know, every, people act like it's like this fun little poodle walked in the room, you know? It's just <laughs> it's just a gay man. It's all it is. And so I I was worried that we were going to go down that same path or just kind of revel in the like, oh, my God, look at these out-of-touch women trying to, like, connect with a gay man. Mm-hmm. That then they had, like, their own kind of agency of, like, hey, you're great, but, like, this isn't you're kind of you're you're actually a little too much right it was uh yeah again like i think the show found opportunities to be surprising like i think the the episode of the bob mackie museum i think mm-hmm. we talked about that the last episode that like how that played out was kind of surprising and um you know that that it wasn't I mean, it wasn't a love connection between him and that guy, but it also wasn't like that guy was a total lech. He was just sure. like a lonely gay in the middle of, you know, nowhere. Yeah, uh, I love Bob Mackie. Yeah. <laughs> and I appreciate it because I think we talked about like, oh, I would love to see Robert at least having some kind of like affair just to kind of, you know, mm, treat yourself. You and he it. went to Jackson and he had mama's ribs and, you know. <laughs> Some of her, BYO some of her, ribs yeah, and and some rump roast after you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kielbasa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there? Mm. I do, I do. Um, dive into those corn muffins. <laughs> so I, <laughs> and I like that. I that was. Um, I mean, I think just like here's this like 60 year old gay black man having like a love scene on TV. Oh, when the fuck has that ever happened? Right. You know? Right. Right. Oh, so that's good. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also love that actor. He was great. He was really great. He had, uh, he was very charming. And I was really impressed with how that scene played out because, oh, thank you. Whenever, whatever episode acknowledged that making business plans and adoption plans with some guy you've been sleeping with for five months is. NG, oh, I know. No good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Somebody pointed that out. Finally, I was so yeah. worried that, that he's I was a lot. Yes. Yeah. Am I the only <laughs> one who doesn't endorse this? I love and... that scene where he's like, "Am I a lot? Am I? You know? Yes. Ru- yes. Ruby, you are a lot. You know. Yeah. It's, yeah. You you do come on very strong. Yes. This all mm-hmm. happened very quickly. Right. Like that right. was good. It was good they and added that in. That was yeah. really a lot of smart. Guys do that. Yeah. Oh, completely. And I think to then have that scene. With the with the bodyguard in the truck, where he's like, "I like let's not make false plans here. Let's I I he said I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm not gonna say that we're gonna see each other again. I'm not gonna, you know, run away with this fantasy. This was nice, and I that was like, oh, I love this show about a gay man. You know what I mean? Like, mm. oh, this is a gay man's story. This is not queer as folk. Like, this is like right. a real." This is where this show could, again, really shine is, like, that kind of narrative. Yeah, like, lessons learned, right? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Because yeah. we see both sides of Ruby, right, in that in that moment, in that aspect of her. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that there are some lessons for Ruby still to learn. Um, but, yeah, that one, that one was super important. Um, there was another lesson that Pseudo learned, but I appreciated the show kind of literally just like smacking it in the face was this pageant culture. And you have that 
AJ line as they're running off to the trailer when she's like, nobody gives a shit anymore about drag queen pageants. Mm. And I'm just like, that was some real fucking talk. They highlighted the political nature of pageants with, you know, uh, seating blocks and and kissing up to, you know, the the, the show runners, the pageant runners and all Mm -hmm. of that. And, you know, this idea of having a private room and, and... Oh, this is her year. She's coming, you know, a runner up three years in a row. This is her year now. And how it is very political and it's all very silly. And um, it's sure it's great for people to, uh, you know, get their chops up, right? To expand their drag or to level up their drag and not knocking pageants. But I am knocking pageant culture being the only culture, right? There's so Mm -hmm. much more that we can do past that. And so I appreciated that kind of nuance of that episode. Yeah. Well, and especially like, I think to your point, like that there's, there's so much, you know, in terms of politics and kissing up and, and, and just bullshit. That's just appearances that doing a pageant is a pageant, you know, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and that it's all just one big pageant, uh, just to kind of participate in this. And I think, you know, in terms of the narrative of the show, like everything was to lead up to that being the saving grace. And then mm-hmm. it like, falls apart the whole episode. And so it's like, we have way bigger fish to fry. This, this no longer matters. Life is bigger than this. And I think that's, yeah, that is kind of the message going into a potential season two is that for Robert, like life is about so much more than, you know, being, you know, America's next drag superstar. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, she's. You are a star, Tammy. Yeah, you, you forgot. forgot. <laughs> oh man, you're a goddamn star. Yeah, excuse your mouth. That's that's who was missing from this was Tammy, Tammy Brown. Brown. Oh yeah, that's who was missing. Um, yeah, well, she was walking children in nature, and she Tammy was. wasn't there to see it. You know. No, yeah, they they were not filming in the 15 square miles of Simi Valley where Tammy Brown may have been walking children in nature. Simi Valley. Simi Valley. <laughs> Simi Valley with them hands. <laughs> Is there anything we missed in Jackson? Uh, oh, Monique Hart. Monique Hart. Yeah, she was she was fine. She she was given some clunk of dunk lines. That Monique Hart was another situation where I was like, if she got like she definitely infused it with a lot of heart. Mm. But a, it's like so many of these queens. If you let them write their own jokes, it'd be funnier. Oh, I agree. Yeah, there's there's some improv that's kind of needed uh, yeah. when it comes to those Queens lines. Um, yeah, I, I thought Monique was great. Uh, for you know, the writing aside, I thought she did what she could, and she was there was definitely comedy there. Um, mm-hmm. I also appreciated Juju B. I forgot Juju B was in this. Yeah, yeah, she was great too. I thought that she was a she's a great. Um, that role of like there's the villain and then there's like the villain who's at her side or the you know the the co-villain like mm. Brenda Vaccaro and Supergirl mm, you know right, she right. she was Brenda Vaccaro and Supergirl and and she's great at it she's a great sidekick character i you know give you got to give it to her biella the the reaction when jujubee's character is announced as being the second runner up mm-hmm. was so brilliant Oh yeah, I know, and it's and it's also like such a joke for Drag Race fans yes, because she's yes. always been that. Yeah. Um, also, there is definitely a moment in that episode where someone, maybe Ru- Ruby, says she's a child. 
Yes, yes, because she's a bitch. She's yeah. like, you just called her a bitch? She's a child. Yeah. She's a child. That's a yes. Yes. I was like, what? <laughs> a 10-year-old child. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I do love, I did love some of those AJ jokes, right, where it's like, AJ, AJ, that person was a woman. It's like, I know, I was just being a bitch. Oh, yeah, that was that was cute. I thought that was funny. I was I was like, okay, this is yeah. I mean I this is the level of humor. This is the level of Izzy G nuance that I'm here for. Right. Uh, like when she gets drunk, I even appreciated the overacting moment where she's like being really sassy back to Rue. Mm-hmm. You know, I think she's just like, Have you seen her? Or she she has some little clap back and I'm just like, All right, this is fine drunken acting from a ten year old. <laughs> it was and it was just I think also like a variety from like the petulant like you know, yes. hard-edged orphan role that, that right. is wildly overdone. I I think if I if anyone had asked me and no one did, I don't know why, but it, <laughs> if there was a big change they could make to this, is changing the character of AJ completely, like making this, you know, a great example. Who what I would have loved to see uh, is there is a movie on Amazon now called Troop Zero. And uh, the girl who is in that, what's her name? McKenna Grace, I think her name is. She was in Haunting of Hill House. She is so good and so funny and so charming and like, but could play the ragamuffin orphan uh, and have nuances. Like it just, it was a great example of really strong child acting. And I guess that's the kind, and like the way that she comes across in that movie, it wouldn't be the exact same character, but there's a, you kind of fall in love with her very quickly, even though she's got some issues. And I think that would have been nice to see as someone who's a little more lovable and a little less um, like just sneering and get away from me and get out of my bag. It's just like, well, how much of this do, how much does anyone want to put up with this? Like, yeah, Robert's were, got more yeah, patience than I do. You know? Right. I was surprised. I, yeah. There was some times where I'm just like, fucking leave her on the side of the road. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Um, but drop her like a bad habit. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, I will say, I think that it was a combination of Izzy G's range, the director, and then the writing, uh, you know, as you're pointing out uh, mm-hmm. with, with her character. But it makes sense that a girl that's basically been neglected and abused takes a while to warm up. Um, so I did appreciate that kind of like, all right, we get that she wouldn't just be buddy buddy with this drag queen, but uh, yeah, I, the range in the spectrum, I guess I should say is what was missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that uh, I feel like, there's ways of kind of showing that like her being neglected, traumatized, whatever that are just, I don't know yet that are more interesting than just like being angry all the time. I don't know. I just, know me maloning it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Izzy G and Nomi, like, yeah, Elizabeth Berkeley as Izzy G. (laughs) As AJ and the queen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Nomi and the queen. Yeah. Uh, Nomi is red hot. (laughs) Yeah. I gotta go see my pop up. <laughs> it's on the floor. <laughs> uh, AJ, you're not dancing. What am I doing? What am I doing? 
Oh my god. <laughs> Bitches get stitches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah, I agree. Man. I agree. Let's cast Nomi Malone as AJ next time. It, yeah. Um, that's that's what I need. I uh, think that this little girl will improve her own acting chops next season, which will help with the writing kind of being a little bit more realized. Mm. So that I kind of do have a, have to look forward to, right? Because she's going to be two years older. Yeah, sure. I, I would imagine that, or I will hope that it will evolve. And I know that I'm asking for the moon, and I know this is so specific, but like the hyper fake New York set just kills me. I just, <laughs> I just think it takes something away. It just takes something away. I just, mm. I feel like I would love to see the show be able to film in New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe one day. It's very expensive yeah. to to get. Those I know, permits, but... I know. Um, let's, uh, so there's, before we talk about, uh, Lady Danger and what's his face, um, I do want to just give pay homage to the amount of male butts in this series. Mm, uh, we yes. got to see many more male butts. Uh, one of them I was surprised to see with the cheater in the kitchen. Um, oh yeah. I didn't remember seeing his, uh, I guess we did. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's gigantic. right. We did. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, gigantic. Cam gigantic. Yeah. I feel <laughs> Cam gigantic. I yeah. feel like uh, I feel like RuPaul cast those characters herself. She loves a big ass, <laughs> and I love her for that. Yeah, and I love her for that. That's right. Yeah, uh, big ass is a sign of a true hooker. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but let's talk about Lady Danger and what is his name? What do you oh. call him? Oh, I keep wanting to call him Hector, but I don't think it's Hector. Uh, What's I his think... real name? Not not actor name. Uh, the character's the... name, because he he said oh, Hector is it... Damien. His name is Damien. Oh, it's Josh Sagara. Damien Damien Sanchez. Damien. Right. Uh, Damien. Yeah. Um, Damien. So Damien to me, Damien wasn't a very good actor, and but there were moments where I was like, oh, that was great, or that's very sweet. For instance, the chicken nuggets line. I did. Oh, I, I fall when in he, love with him there. It's it was bizarre. I was like, yeah, when that whole scene of him ordering the food and getting excited, I was like, oh, come on, Robert, give him a chance. Yeah. you know, like yeah. he was very charming. Yeah, uh, I also felt like the scene in Jackson when they were smashing his windows. The way he was reacting was really interesting. It was like this real like aggressive, not my car, and he was screaming, mm. and I was like, oh, wow. This is like such like fragile masculinity here. It's like, please, not my car, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. They're, they're, he had moments of acting like AJ, which I thought was mm. appropriate because there's got to be more to his story as like a traumatized gay person that can't come out, right? Yeah. So I love those moments when he was having those tantrums that seemed kind of 2D in the moment, but in retrospect, it's like, well, it kind of all makes sense because he would act like a Nomi Malone sometimes. Yeah, he oh, he was such a Nomi Malone. Yeah, he was so – I appreciated there was some depth there and would love to see that fleshed out in season two. Mm. Uh, because, yeah, I mean, he wasn't like – he didn't have like the most range. I didn't find him to be terrible. And no. I think that uh, he – I mean, actually, I think he was pretty good. Actually, I can't, I'm trying to think of any moments where I really didn't enjoy him, but I think, if anything, it was just the script where he was giving yeah. clunky lines. Because I, I really think that scene at the the fast food, you know, in the in the drive through was like it's just a great like 
you know, it was just a great moment of, of uh, seeing that character come to life. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the 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 kind of monologues ish slash not monologue of him on the phone while eating mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. swallowing and chewing. I was like, oh, this this is real. This is yeah. actually chewing and swallowing before speaking. Like, I don't know. There was something in that direction that I appreciated. We also hadn't really seen him eat. So I thought it was also nice to finally see him kind of consume for himself, kind of feed himself a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so from a writing standpoint, I thought that was interesting to have him come alive while he was eating um, because so much of his storyline was about what he was eating. Right. Right. Um, right. Uh, so, I, you know, that I that I kind of loved. Um, I love the backstory. Uh, that he had with Robert, but because he also looked really happy with Robert in those backstory moments. Um, Mm -hmm. And then completely pathetic when he meets Lady Danger uh, as she's like enticing him with a Michelob. Right, right. It's like, (laughs) oh boy. (laughs) Ultra? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, he's... I feel like that would be... like. I would, yeah, I feel like that's an interesting kind of, you know, uh, figure of, of a guy who, yeah, who can't really come out, but who um, also can't deny his feelings and, and is kind of in that conflicted state and, and has never learned kind of like healthy ways to deal with his feelings and um, has gone to desperate measures to make things like there's something about that person who's like, ooh, you're all kinds of fucked up. Mm. I want to see more of that, you know? I wonder if they'll continue that storyline, right? Mm. I wonder what's going to yeah. happen with that. Because they, they could easily leave that as a season one arc, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could write him out and and call it a day. But I would I I bet if they do a season two, he'll show up like four episodes in. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, something will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so we come to Tia Carrere. What are your thoughts on Lady Danger, Mary? I mean, it's 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 a bizarre, draggy role. It's mm-hmm. super draggy. I think that um, it grew on me. You know, like I think it's just it's a it's you know. I mean, she's I again. Like I think at the end of the day, like I my issues always with the show almost always go back to the directing and the writing, and I think that she fully committed to the role and had some really great campy moments. And um, I think her character is like the most absurd. And so it, that's where it makes it hard for the show to get like touchy feely is cause you're like, Whoa, I just came from like that from lady Dangerville. But I appreciate how much she committed to that absurdity. You know, I agree. The, the character is, just Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle, right? She is just a villain. There is zero substance. She has no empathy. She has no heart. There is nothing human about her. And they didn't, they didn't care. They kind of just used her as this, this constant tool, this constant danger tool. Uh, And you know, for that, I'm kind of like, all right, fine. And she leaned in to like, yep, I'm just going to be fucking evil. I'm just a Kill Bill character, you know? And yeah. and uh, so that I loved. I thought she did it really well. And yeah, she's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm just going to be in drag in this series. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they gave her that moment in the last episode where she has the flashback of being like the fourth runner-up of Miss yeah. America. See, but like... That's more of a narrative development. We don't really get to see her have like a 
a deepening. It's more mm-hmm. of just like, yeah, well, you know, uh, that's what this brought back for her. Right. But it's, I would have, I, I would have been intrigued to see a, you know, a different breed of her where we really did get to see her humanity. But it may, it may have been like a far leap. You know, it, it's kind of like, uh, she she lives in a Crystal Connors world. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe it's mm-hmm. fine to let her stay there. You know. Yeah, I think it's fine. I. Yeah, I think it could be even more over the top. I mean, doesn't she have a daughter, right? We know that she has yeah. a daughter. Like, there's some, there's something underneath all that. Um, but her name is Lady Danger, so it's like, okay, well, let's just let's let's be her for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Tia, Tia Carrera. I'm so happy she's back on my screen. And yeah, I'm sure she'll be back. I'm sure she'll. She's not. She's not done with Robert yet. Yeah, though they might evolve her and get her out of drag the next season and have mm-hmm. her kind of like have to rebuild her life or something. Mm. Um, who knows? Like, I feel like RuPaul, you know, I feel like his creative energy behind the show is to try to find the redemption in characters versus mm. just like villainizing. Right, right. Unless you're Fifi O'Hara. <laughs> <laughs> Or the vixen, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then she doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> she don't care. Yeah. Uh, you and I both know. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, sorry. Uh, just thinking of Gia. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Gia Gun. Um, so, uh, La- Lady Danger could be played by Gia Gun if we're gonna you know, oh. kind of keep that. Yeah, like Asian inspired, you know, I, I don't know. There's, I know that um, T. Carrera is not Asian, but like there is that energy that's there, right? That mm-hmm. I think Gia Gunn could get oh, into. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it would be great to see, like I would love to see Lady Danger have Gia Gunn and Kamora Black as her like henchwomen. <laughs> You know, because it's just like these, just like, you know, these, these three, you know, glamazons, you know, I just, I think it would be, and like high camp, the three of them are such high camp in their own way, but also like high beauty. It's a great mix. Yeah. A very high beauty for sure. And uh, kind of outshining Lady Danger in that way. Oh, completely. Oh yeah. They would be the star. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yes, Tia Carrera, uh, Tia Carrera, um, happy to see her back. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else that we kind of missed. We didn't talk about Ginger Minge. What did you think about Ginger Minge? I thought she, I thought she did well. I think that she had a, she, I think she did well. I think that she held her own. I think, um, I think they kind of, they got her in drag at the very end, you know, uh, but I, you know. Yeah, I thought she was good. I I think she was one of the stronger of the Rue girls, and she had, like, obviously a good role. Yeah, she had a good role. It was a big one. A Mm -hmm. big one. That wasn't – I think the only one that I could think was, like, synonymous would be Chad Michaels, Mm -hmm. who we saw in and out of drag in important ways. Right. So, like, Latrice, Chad Michaels, uh, Ginger Minge. I'm trying to think there's anyone else we saw in and out of drag. Trinity. Trinity, Trinity Taylor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess you know Juju B. Um, and you know we saw Kennedy Davenport out of drag, and we saw J. Jo Lee and Mariah. Oh, but I mean like a significant like yeah. scene with RuPaul, you know, where yeah. it's like they have lines together that it's just them, you know. Yeah. Oh, totally. I think it was really like Ginger, Chad, and Latrice who had the most of that. Yeah. Uh, and I, oh, I loved Latrice and RuPaul. 
performing push it oh my god flashback and it made me think wow like we need right yeah and like so cool to see these queens who once were like you know dancing as fast as they could to like impress rupaul on the judges panel and now they're like doing a scene together i think Mm. it's a for the for these queens that we were like rooting for at one point like now here they are like equals in the scene you know yeah no i i it's a it, that scene brought me a lot of joy. For sure. I love that. It was yeah. so good. I love uh, that. I also love the Judy Garland scene. I thought that was hilarious. I mean, we get mm-hmm. to see RuPaul do drag. You know, like 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 mm-hmm. perform in drag more than just being a host, right? Like that. I also appreciated. Uh, yeah. To see what they would do, like there was that women. Like, uh, You're a Woman song that she did, The Chandelier, The Unspeakable Joy, like all of this stuff where it's like, okay, yeah, this is RuPaul. Like, she's done this for years. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I'd say, I think The Unspeakable Joy one was my favorite. There was, that one, I mean, obviously they saved that to the last episode, but I feel like that was, Ru was just, uh, it was so great, but... (laughs) Close second would be when she fell during Chandelier and the way she mm. got up. Mm-hmm. When she, it was it was so perfect. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I felt like Rue was embodying that whole Latrice thing of like get up, look sickening, and make them eat it. She was like, "Here's what it looks like." It was so right, good. Right. It's like what pheromones should have done. Right. Um, exactly. Exactly. I, you know, I. It's hard for me to pick which which was my favorite. Uh, there's some that I'm that are not on the list, but uh, yeah, the, the one that I also loved was the the wet t-shirt contest. I you know I love that type of drag mm-hmm. too. Yeah, um, yeah. So that also worked for me. Even the got to be real dance the first time. I think he does it out of drag with Jane Krakowski. I thought it was really fun in the living room when they yeah when in they, the living when room. they get there. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was cute. Uh, so yeah, no, it's hard, but definitely unspeakable joy. Like that. Oh, yeah. It's just so great. It's epic. When those, when those wings go up, I'm just, uh, they got them broke, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm broke. I'm who broke. was your, who was your favorite guest star or like a cameo? I, I really think, you know, it was like, especially that scene when they were all eating, I thought, like, when they were out of drag, I thought Latrice, there was just, it was the first time where I was like, this just works. Mm. She's playing the scene right. She's reacting naturally. She just, like, she's present in this in the moment. She, it was, it was just such, it was, it was like, I don't know. I, I was, I was so happy to see Latrice out of drag being such a great actor. Mm. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, all of the, I felt like all of the reasons people love Latrice and have loved Latrice really shined here. And we got to see her perform, which is, you know, it, it's not the reason I love her primarily. Like I love her because of who, of her energy. And that came through 110%. Sure. So I think she was, uh, she was probably my favorite. I love that Lorraine Bracco like actually appeared. Oh, <laughs> And it was so like Lorraine Bracco and Tia Carrere in the same room. It was like, what year is this? What people's choice from the early nineties have I stumbled years into? Ago. I know. Yeah, thirty. It's, it's just crazy. Uh, that queen that was like, no, I'm picking up a car for Lorraine Bracco. I, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is everything I need. Um, and I don't know if you caught John Rubenstein made a cameo in the hospital episode. Do you know who John Rubenstein is? I know who Helena Rubinstein is. <laughs> is there any relation? 
I don't know, actually. That's a question mm. I don't know. But John Rubenstein was the original Pippin in uh, the 70s. Oh, was he the, the bearded doctor? Yes. In the, okay. All right. It felt like they were doing that linger of like, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys, mm-mm. did you get it? Do you guys, yeah. you guys know did who you this get is? it? Did you get yeah. it? Did you get uh, it, Jane? Jane, did you Jane. get it? Jane. <laughs> Jane. Jane. <laughs> can you can, get him? Can you get him? Um, also <laughs> notable about John Rubenstein is he also created the role of Molina in Kiss of the Spider Woman. Oh, wow. Uh, which is a big deal, uh, at yeah. least for, for me. Um, and in, in terms of uh, like what movies he's been in, I'm not as familiar. I just know him as like a huge, uh, a huge uh, uh, theater guy. Yeah, he uh, I did not recognize him specifically, but um, good to know. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think we know the answer. So I know your answer for yours, but like, who would you play? It's on the floor. <laughs> I honestly, I think this show is full of people that you would play. Like, oh, I think definitely. from like Laura Bell Bundy's character. Yes. You know, like obviously, Lady Danger, Lady Danger obviously. Yes, obviously. But then it's like. Um, <laughs> There's so many of these queens where it's like, you know, Trinity Taylor, you know, mm-hmm. I would play Trinity Taylor for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I would play her. I would play. Oh, man. I mean, Adrian Barbo. I wouldn't mind playing, but I think that's who oh, you would play. I would love to play her. <laughs> I definitely have her on my list. I also want to play Carol Ann, Mary Kay Place's character. Oh, yeah. you would, Yeah, that is. Yeah. That's who I would cast you as first. And I'd be like, I need you for another episode. Will you just play uh, Adrian Barbo? Right. And right. We just bring you back. Now, yeah. could I also play Mrs. Sweeney, the old lady with the dogs and the cigarette <laughs> while Wait, we're at it? Who? Mrs. Sweeney, the old lady down the, down the, down the oh, hall with all the down dogs. Down the hall. Down the yeah. hall. Right. Of course. Mrs. Sweeney. Yeah, yeah. You can play her too. You can also play. Um, I don't know. There's something about uh, Bridget Everett's character I could see you getting oh. into. Yep. I love her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I could see you being Jane Krakowski's character, obviously. I could. Um, I could. Uh, I could. I'd have to take it somewhere else. But yes. I, I could I could get into that woman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'd also like the small role of Florence um, at the at the diner in Pittsburgh. Oh. Thanks. It's Weight Watchers. <laughs> Fun fact, do you know that woman is a Matreon alum? No. She was in both Jumpin' Jack Flash <gasps> and Alvira. Oh, my God, of course. I don't yeah. remember from either of those. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, she plays the bartender in Elvira, and I don't remember her character in Jumpin' Jack Flash. Oh, my so, goodness. Oh, um, my goodness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I could also see myself or you I could playing... See- Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say you is Lorraine Bracco. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's Sorry, my drag. Say. That's my yeah. drag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any, any cross between like Marissa Tomei in My Cousin mm-hmm. Vinny, May Mortabito, like tough yeah. sluts. Tough <laughs> sluts. T- tough sluts like Lorraine Bracco. <laughs> I'm a tough slut. I'm Lorraine Bracco. I'm a tough slut. <laughs> yeah, she's a tough slut. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I am into that. I could also see one, you or I, playing the woman who they back into in the parking lot in the diner. Oh, yes. What's yeah. her name? I... Stacy? <laughs> Diane. Diane. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I, yes, certainly. Diane, uh, or there's like the woman who leads the protest when they drive by in the camper. And she's like, oh my God, now I that's too that. fast. Now that is too fast. <laughs> Drag yourself to hell. AJ, yeah. what? It's catchy. <laughs> that was uh, funny. That was like yeah. a, a very dark humor, right? Yes. Like, that was where I was like, uh, like, like that's where I thought, oh, I like I, when the show was like a little bit edgier with like yes. Jinx Monsoon's problematic jokes. Right. But okay, I don't mind. I don't mind this. Um, I'm looking through the cast list, but I don't think there's anyone else. I mean, there's so many queens. I assume you'd want to play Eureka's character so you could lean out a window and go, who said we're trashy? No, I wouldn't want to play Crickets. any of the drag queens. I want to play. I want to play the women. You know. Yeah, the, I want to play the women. Yeah, the women. Uh, yeah, that's what I deserve. <laughs> yeah, that's what I deserve. I want the women roles. Uh, could you play? Uh, could you play the mother? I feel like that that line that she delivers. The mother in the trailer, Brick's mom. Oh, she's like, oh, I didn't understand any of those words. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I didn't understand any of those words. Yeah, she was great. I think her name was Kath. Um, so I'll take that. Um, you could also play Oprah because Oprah, oh, she's the best supporting actress in this movie. Well. Uh, especially like Oprah with that hair. I Yes, I loved, oh, I loved that they had RuPaul at some point in the, in the series watching an Oprah episode with Louise Hay. Louise Hay is this like self-help queen from like the 80s and, and the 90s. And she died like a couple years ago. Oh, no. But it is, I mean, she lived a good long life uh, and okay. she's fine. But um, it was just like well, she's such not a- fine. She's well, she's dead. not fine. She's dead. <laughs> but I imagine she's fine. Like wherever yeah. she is. <laughs> I know, yeah, I'm not worried about her. I know that much. Um, Running in a grave. Um, yeah. uh, sorry. Go ahead. So uh, yeah. So you yeah. like that? You like that you watched? I that. appreciate that. I appreciated that. Like this wasn't just like a lazy Oprah reference. This was like, no, I'm gonna reference when Oprah had Louise Hay on. I thought, okay, mm. this is this is someone who loves Oprah. Mm. Opie. As uh, yeah. I think on Tiny Toons they call her Opwe. Oh. Um, I I'm excited for there to be a potential season two. This, you know, it had to catch some steam, uh, you know, by season six. But I got mm -hmm. there. I got episode the language. Six. I start. Yeah. Episode, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got the language. I kind of got. I got into the world, and it took a little while. Uh, and you know, I I can be critical and still like a show. I like that yeah. it exists. I like the messages. There were a lot of lessons that RuPaul made sure she got in here. And I think now that she's kind of passed some of those lessons, she can hone in on something perhaps more edgier or more uh, story driven that doesn't revolve around her lessons, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, I think there is that sense of it feeling like, you know, a pilot season of like, here's all the things we're trying to do. Right. And then it kind of can relax and and not try to tell a smaller story. Like, they, they, this is a story they have to wrap up in 10 episodes. But, you know, if there's a season two, like, maybe it's 14 episodes and they have a lot more time to mm. kind of, like, you know, stretch their legs. So I would imagine, like, with RuPaul's schedule, it probably they probably can't do much more than, like, a 10-episode season. Agreed, agreed. And same with uh, Michael Patrick King. I, you know, I wonder how Michael Patrick King is feeling about AJ and the Queen after all of this. I didn't see any interviews with him. I wonder why he hasn't been on the podcast about AJ and the Queen. Right, um, or if they're saving that, because it seems like all the, pre all, those, all the episodes so far have been people who've been on the show. So 
maybe he'll be on. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, I haven't, like, honestly, I haven't really dug into kind of reading much in terms of, like, press or reactions. Just before this, I did, I read some of, like, the IMDb reviews. And I was, most people loved it. And, like, the biggest criticisms were people were sick of AJ, which I thought was fair. <laughs> yeah, I supported my, that. My friend Simona, I, she was like, what should I watch on Netflix? I'm like, oh, watch AJ and the Queen. And so she watches the first episode. She's like, ugh, I hated the kid. And I obviously knew it was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got them. <laughs> I was like, oh, Simona. Ugh, okay, don't watch. Yeah. Don't watch. Right. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, most uh. people watched the first episode and then were like, Nah, I'll skip. Yeah, and that's fair. I I think it was worth watching the whole season, Same. and um, you know, I'm I'm down for more. Do you think that an audience could start at season six, watch till ten, and then go back and watch one through five? Do you think that would still make sense? You mean episode six? Yes, think? Mary. Yeah, and I but but I'm like season six of what? Uh, soak up. Soak what, what up? <laughs> soak uh, what up? <laughs> Gia Gun. Gia Gun is so good. Soak what up? Girl, um, soak what up? Girl, soak what up? I think that you could like know you could read a synopsis of everything that happens or like what you need to know overall about the series start with like I think you could start with episode four which I think is is that Jackson I think wherever no, Jackson is se like seven. Oh, four is with the with the Bob Mackie music yes Bob Mackie I would start there I actually think that's a there's enough nuances there uh and then kind of just keep going and then go back and, and watch them. I don't think anything really gets lost. It'd be oh, I take it, it back. I take it back. Season five is the Bob Mackie Museum. Mm. Yeah. Is it, is that an, is that a, is that an episode one of AJ and the queen or season one? Sorry. <laughs> sorry. 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 Oh my God. Episode five <laughs> is, uh, is that Bob Mackie Museum. Episode four is when they're in Louisville. Oh, right. And with, Oh, Kennedy. Oh, you know what? That's a good episode too, yeah, because Kennedy's okay. great. It's, yeah. You know, I would say that's a great episode to start with. And then, yeah, it's okay. And you'll see some familiar faces. You'll get that first episode experience of, oh, my God, look at all the cameos. Right. Um, right. You'll get the, you know, it's on the floor. Right, right. Yeah, you really shouldn't go through this series without that line. <laughs> uh, but it's, like, in general, I I think this the plot is not so, it's not breaking bad. You could pretty much watch any episode on its own and like figure out pretty quickly where things are going and where they were coming from, you know? Yeah. I mean, my sweet spot for the season is six through eight. And then, you know, you could skip nine. It seems like they're just prolonging getting AJ there. Uh, mm. You learn a lot of backstory on season nine, but, um, or season nine, episode nine. Uh, so yeah, I would watch, I would watch six, seven, eight, ten, 10. Uh, and then, if you love it, you know, watch the rest of them. Yeah. I, I like 10. I mean, I like nine. I think, uh, I think it rounds out the season and like gives it a new kind of like place to live than just mm. this gross little camper and like these clubs, like it, it changes <laughs> things up, you know, this gross little camper filled with farts and there's, yeah, gas. don't think, don't think I miss it. <laughs> don't think I almost didn't finish the last episode because of that. I was like, Oh, 
right. <laughs> All right. I would have kicked that kid off this off this thing before we crossed the Hudson. <laughs> right, right. No, I thought of Michelle Visage explaining the Big Brother house to RuPaul. There's mm-hmm. gas. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is like something that RuPaul has talked about with like tour buses of like right, his concerns. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a problem. I think we all think we all learned a valuable lesson, didn't we? Yeah, I'll bet. Stay I'll bet home. Michelle. Stay home. I'll bet Michelle has a you know a mom talk to the girls, uh, you uh-huh. know, before they get on the bus. Like, hey, first we're going to talk about fart etiquette. Then yeah. there's no shitting on the bus, you know, and like just kind of going through all of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so. I just, uh, you know, I <laughs> human beings are just, you know. We are so close to animals. Oh, I know. I know. The fact that some of us <laughs> close the, do- the door when we go to the bathroom is sometimes the only thing that separates us from animals. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you're lucky. Uh, what's if interesting about when you go, I always think about my old job uh, back in New York where I, I was literally peeing in the urinal and I look down and I can see the reflection of the person taking a shit. Oh, like in the tile. I could see oh. their reflection in the tile. That's how close we were. Oh, I know. I and know. it's like there's literally a wall. There's no it doesn't go all the way to the floor. It's not a it's, complete wall. No, it's not even a complete wall. You could hear, smell, sense everything. It's, everything. I, it's uh, yeah. So again, you say like, oh, a closed door. It, we're not even doing that in no. public spaces. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I I think. I mean, that is like that whole like Ali Wong thing about like. Oh yeah, I always think you, that. Yeah, yeah, your coworkers. Like, I and I agree. I agree. I have. I just cannot listen. You gotta go. You gotta go. And the in the wise words of Valerie Cherish. Hey, you gotta go. You gotta go. But I'll be damned. <laughs> I'm, if sorry, my opinion, <laughs> I'm sorry, Red. I'm sorry, Red. It's this new medication. Uh, but. Val, yes. I have to defecate. <laughs> oh, the noise! But my my opinion of a coworker shifts just slightly. I know that shits shifts <laughs> just slightly. Once I have been peeing and have had to hear them having a terrible time on the other side of an incomplete wall. Would you say their reputation gets a little stained? <laughs> yes, I would say. I would definitely say uh, they are. Um, they're definitely they're not quite number one for me anymore in terms of <laughs> reputation. They're more on the number two level, you know. Uh, well, you know, let's hope that that relationship doesn't become explosive. <laughs> oh yeah, that would stink. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah, they'd be the shits. Yeah. God. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, yes, RuPaul and AJ. Uh, you know, they they are now a costume for a couple's affair on Halloween. Sure, sure. If, especially if, you know, one is taller than the other. You know, you just need a bowl cut and uh, a little beanie hat and a dirty T-shirt. and Totally. And a backpack. You need the backpack yeah. with the Jasmine doll. Yeah. And you'll be Ruby. Yeah. Ruby is red hot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, can but, we also just can we also just mention that Robert slash Ruby has a song that I guess he's performed 
he has a single you know what i mean like yes and it's on his phone that's on his phone i don't know there's just something about like oh you're like you're you have a you have a song on itunes as well okay Uh, i don't know if it's on itunes i don't know i that's that's my question is like that song where does that how does that exist in the world Mm, when did they write it yes Yeah. yeah who did this right and do they use, you know, Damien Sanchez's money, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you don't need a whole – you need, like, less than $100,000 to open a club in New York City, right? <laughs> like, they could take some of that money and put it towards a song. <laughs> oh, just one note on that before we wrap things up is that I, I, I appreciate that on IMDb they fully laid out the factual error of the credit card. So if you'll indulge me for a second. Oh, please um, do. If Ruby got a credit card issued in her boyfriend's name. Yes, yes, yes. I I love this. Yes. The fact that he maxed it out and ran is not a criminal act. The best she could do is attempt to sue in civil court and the police would not get involved. Furthermore, the entire premise is that Ruby saved $100,000 of her own money. If her boyfriend (laughs) maxed out her $100,000 limit American Express credit card, the worst case scenario is that she could use her savings to pay it off and still have $100,000 of available credit remaining to buy slash rent her club venue. (laughs) I mean... It's not wrong. And I mean, if if we're talking about, you know, full series plot holes... Robert would completely get arrested. Like what he did was completely irresponsible to to keep Ruby. Like you, unfortunately, you do AJ. have to. Oh, sorry, AJ. You do have to put the kid back in the system. It's just like no, I'm not continuing to drive one more mile. I'm calling the police. Like that's what you do. Um, yes. You know what I mean? And the fact that they're leaving money out by windows, like. All of that uh, didn't make any sense. Even um, Lewis leaving the money out on the table for the mom to steal. It's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, God. Well, you know how season two could really open and be interesting is open exactly where season one ends and have Robert get arrested. Yeah, I think that's what should happen. Yeah. That would be the only believable thing. Technically, Robert and Lewis, like, conspired to kidnap this kid because the mother came looking for her and they they were like, oh, I'm not going to tell you. Right. Um, she's across state lines, you know? It, right. It's, um, it, yeah, it's it's a pretty, like... She I got think her it, drunk. She, you know, pushed her yeah. too hard in a swing. I mean, it's... Broke yeah. her arm. It is like <laughs> they are setting up, like, a real season two episode one of like laying out all those clues that you just mentioned like she got drunk she was carried across state lines she broke her arm she was she was in clubs where it was you know she was a minor when it you know people Mm -hmm. were drinking and and um blah 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 you know like it would just go down the line um she was like you know sharing a bedroom with a grown man you know so to speak like in the in fact they were sleeping in the rv together like there's a lot of like eh. Um. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah, it's like, how are they going to? How are they going to get out of this one? Yeah, oh. yeah, you're gonna get up, get up in a Jamaican nurse drag again. <laughs> that would certainly work. That would. Uh, that would. Works. That would. That would get you somewhere. Yeah. 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 Somewhere. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. There was that weird. Sorry. One f- flagrant observation. Um, is that the right word? Um, I uh, outlier. So mm-hmm. 
there was the doctor in the hospital who had that whole weird storyline about the strip club. Do you remember this? Was this the other doctor when she, when Asian she, doctor? Yes, when he and Carol Ann were like trying to understand. Well, you know, there's all kinds of mommies. Who's your right. mommy? <laughs> right, yeah, right, uh-huh. right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see him later talking to a nurse, being like, oh, "She was talking about the strip club," and I'm just like, I, "What was this little dialogue moment that they were trying to make that didn't happen?" Mm-hmm. There, there were a couple moments I would say in the hospital episode where it felt like, like with. Mary Kate Place's character it was like are we leading up to some like she's like a mom figure kind of thing Mm. like it it didn't you know what I mean like there was this sense of like there was something we see it in in episode nine in Fort Worth that there's something going on underneath the surface in the first half of the half of the episode and then it kind of reveals itself in the second half whereas in the hospital episode there seemed to be some energy like especially with that nurse character that didn't really kind of go anywhere exactly they yeah they they she wasn't she was a helper at first and then you realize that she's part of the system because she still has to lie to Ruby or Ruby yeah. still has to lie to her or whatever. So yeah. you wonder, you're like, wouldn't this have been a stronger narrative if the nurse was the inside job and helped them get out? Exactly. Right. But I guess then it's like, well, then there's like a nurse who's like, I don't know, uh, not being HIPAA compliant. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess that would be the first time a nurse wasn't HIPAA compliant. Maybe. I mean, listen, has anyone ever <laughs> seen Nurse Jackie? She could have pulled a total Nurse Jackie. Um, and what about the nurse that, like, traded or traded his scrubs with Ruby? How HIPAA compliant is that? Yeah, right, right. I also didn't like uh, – well, I, actually, I can't say I didn't like. I loved Dee Dee. Uh, just that villain, mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. meddling yes. nurse, the meddling yes. nurse character I can get behind. But Mary mm-hmm. Kay, it was Mary Kay Place, right? I was just like, I don't know which side you're on. Yeah, they didn't seem to know what to do with her in the same way that they did seem to know what to do with Adrian Barbeau's character. Yes, you know? yes. The the she was the 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 madam essentially mm-hmm. of that of that little community. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so they had another like wise older lady character who seemed to be hip and to get it, but like didn't really know what to do with her. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh what do you say we end AJ and the Queen there, Mary? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um that's go- that's great. That sounds great. Yeah, let's drag yourself to hell. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh Scram or Instagram? Oh, I, oh yes, yes. <laughs> oh man, that was so campy. It was, it was so campy. It was like the campy. height of camp. Uh, <laughs> Scram or Instagram? Uh, uh, well, Marys, if you have any thoughts, you can reach out to us on Twitter, not Instagram, at All Right Mary, or you can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or www.tasteofreality.com backslash All Right Mary. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Also One. I am currently watching Survivor 40. If you want to queen out with me there about that, uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Johnny Also. And you can find more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance, and I believe uh, a recap of hysterical blindness will be out by the time this episode is out. Uh, or you can find me on Best Supporting Act- Best Supporting Podcast with Nick Achanov, tweeting out on Best Supporting Actresses. And you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. 
Okay, fabulous. Oh, and y'all can find more of both of us, mm. including our uh, our after show for season twelve, Nuance, on patreon.com backslash all right mary and i love you for that uh mary's we thank you so much for listening and you know it's happening season 12 is premiering this week so yeah uh i will be out hopefully on friday watching it twice in portland uh, Colin, I'm sure you're going to be, you know, in your apartment with your cat watching it. I um, might go out, actually. I might go out. Okay. Well, I highly recommend Albatross or Icon in Astoria. Albatross is certainly more my scene. Yeah, it's yeah. more my scene. Yeah. Um, and I know that you'll find a fabulous queen that's hosting that night. Um, mm. So, yeah, uh, enjoy. Uh, and I'm excited for season 12 to begin and we're finally out of the off season so yeah yeah let the games begin your loins. yeah happy mm-hmm. hunger games bitches <laughs> yeah yeah uh what was that uh, other thing that she says oh what, what's that thing with, with the which with the fingers the odds be ever in your favor oh that's right ever in your favor it's like <laughs> stop it <laughs> just stop it uh, all right i'm doing the roger rabbit dance Um, (laughs) All right, Marys, we will see you next time. Soya.